Hello, welcome to Is This Thing On, the podcast hosted by me, Sachin Nakrani, and Lindsay Bowers. Now, I was going to give Lindsay a usual funky intro, but I haven't got the energy to do it, frankly, because we have had a truly mental start to this podcast, uh, which is episode one of series two. Um, some return for us, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, turned up at the pub. Uh, it was madly busy inside. There's some, there seems to be some sort of private party. Um, not only that, we couldn't get to our usual table at the back. Um, because of people sat there. So we've come into the beer garden. It's late January, it's freezing. Fortunately, uh, we've been able to stick the heaters on so it's warming up. If that wasn't enough, um, I was having technical issues. I thought the microphones weren't working. Um, thankfully, they are. We finally got them going. He was huffing and swearing a lot when I got And there. sat wonderfully patiently through it all, uh, an absolute angel of a human being, our guest, Laura Kirk. Laura, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I mean, you, you've been quite harsh on yourself. It, it wasn't that long. You've um, witnessed the entire carnage from start to finish, haven't it's you? Far, you know, I was, I was about maybe 30 seconds from storming out, but <laughs> I thought I'd rough it for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it was <laughs> properly scary at one stage. I thought the microphones weren't working, but actually just a little button on this recording box thing I have uh, wasn't turned on. So I think we're going. I no, think we're good. I want my funky intro, please. Shall I tell you what my funky intro was? Okay, shall I read it? I'll this say it. Might be the only reason people tune in. Just <laughs> yeah. to the intro they then. turn it off after they turn it off. <laughs> so I was going to say, podcast hosted by me, Sachin Akrani, and a woman who is Mr. Dick to my David Copperfield, Aww. Lindsay Bowers. Yeah, I don't like that one. Uh, do you, do you, have you read David Copperfield? No. <laughs> have you read David Copperfield? Nobody's read David Copperfield. No, but I, I did English a bit at uni. I haven't read David Copperfield. Don't I went, need to, read David I went Copperfield. to see the personal history of David Copperfield at cinema on Saturday, the Armando and Yuchi oh, film. Oh, it good? It's brilliant. Is that the one with Ben Whishaw in? Yeah. Where he looks like Jim Carrey yeah, yeah. because of his haircut. Yeah. Uh, Dev Patel plays David Copperfield. Hugh Laurie plays Mr. Dick. Um, I didn't know any of these characters before going in because oh, I've no. never seen it. But it's, it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> very, very vivid, warm-hearted, um, interesting film, dark at times. Is it kind of Yanucci at his peak? Because Peter Capaldi is in it and I yeah. feel like they don't do anything where they're not yeah, yeah. working together. Well, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know it was by him uh, unless you knew going into it. Um, it's not sort of cynical in any way. Um, it's sort of funny, but not in a veep, yeah, uh, thick of it type way, yeah. of way. Yeah. So, um, no, just just a very good film. So that was going to be the intro. I've done it now, anyway. Is this to Dick a sidekick? No, he's, um, he is a friend of David Copperfield, or David Copperfield's aunt, Betsy Trotswood. Bet- Betsy Trotswood, who's played by... <laughs> played <laughs> by... Oh, who's she played by? A famous actress... What's that doesn't narrow it down. Oh my god, I forgot the name. It's not Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. That that's is the one. It. That is it. There's yes. a massive poster of it outside yeah, the yeah. tube. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tilda Swinton. So she she um so Tilda Swinton plays Betsy Trotswood, who's Dave Copperfield's aunt. Mr. Dick is her friend who lives with her and he's mentally ill. Okay, and he thinks he's been thinks he's been possessed by King Charles. Yeah. <laughs> no. He's not he's he's mentally he's mentally unstable, just like your good self, Lindsay. Ooh, okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um Two months since we last recorded, and it was less stressful no than this. Yeah, two, two months, months really? end of November. How have you been? Me, uh, all the same really. Drunk, not too enjoying jam. Uh, fine yourself. Good, yeah, yeah. I got a dish tray for Christmas. That was the highlight of my, oh my breakaway. God. That was amazing. Wow, congratulations. From my parents, yeah. That was my main present. Nothing tells you you're old so than when your parents get you a dish tray as your main you present. It, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was a bit tragic. Actually. Yeah, so that was. Um, that's been my highlight. Laura, how was your Christmas and New Year? It feels a fucking long time ago. It now, does. I mean, it? I was on holiday for the first half of January in the Caribbean. So, oh, yeah. I mean, regardless, I do feel like January's gone on forever. So I've only been back since yeah. 13th, 
13th at work and I'm still like how is it still how are we still doing this this is not a thing like oh, we're still going five January. days away from ending <sighs> horrendous month um yeah. yeah nearly there so anyway we are back we had a had a long break um and ready to get going with a new series of this um, non-award-winning podcast. <laughs> no awards yet. Future award-winning award podcast. podcast. And yeah, so we've got Laura, who is uh, does a podcast that's way better than this, Revisiting, which we'll talk about later with uh, her friend Laura Gallup, which is absolutely fantastic and really interesting, and uh, loads to talk about, so we'll get into that. The first thing we should say is a bit of a confession, Laura. You weren't our first choice for a guest for this podcast. Okay, I mean, is that, does that sting? It does a little bit after the whole mess up with the microphones. Yeah. Like this is not this is not starting on a strong note. Yeah, given to, your honest, given your patience, I really <laughs> shouldn't have told you that. But it, it that has, does lead to quite an amusing story. So, uh, first episode back, we wanted to go really big guest wise. We ended up with our second choice, Thank Laura. You. But yeah. our first choice was um, somebody uh, we'd been talking about for a while. I mean, getting on. We thought we might try later down the line, but we thought let's go episode one, series two, and that was Piers Morgan who Lindsay knows because she used to work with uh, with him Sorry, at Good Morning Britain and we thought, let's go Piers, let's go big for episode one. So you messaged him, didn't you? Yeah, I thought because this is a drinking podcast where we go in a pub and we go and visit the favourite pub of our guests or they come to us. He owns a pub, Piers. And I thought there's no harm in giving him a message and just saying, you know, would you like to do it? We'll come to your pub, give it a good shout out, etc. Um... So I messaged him saying, oh, you might see it on social media, we've got a podcast now, and uh, we'd love you to come on. And um, he replied saying, yes, yes, I did see you've got a podcast. Unfortunately, you do it with a dick. <gasps> well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's me, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> Lindsay shows... I can't shows... a few screen grabs of yeah. really nasty things you tweeted about him. Yeah, so, so... Thank you for putting that <laughs> So Piers Morgan screen grabbed uh, a load of tweets I'd written about him and sent it to Lindsay. I've got them here. So he, oh my God, this is such a great yeah. start. What? So these are, he screen grabbed three tweets that I'd, uh, I'd obviously tweet uh, messages I put about him on Twitter. So the first one was from the 3rd of September 2018. It's official, Piers Morgan is an arsehole. I don't know what that refers to. Could be many things, yeah. to be honest. Um, in fact, these are going in... Uh, descending order in terms of the game backwards so i'm reading them in, in the wrong order but never mind 12th of july 2018 just when you think piers morgan can't find a new way to come across as an absolute tool well well dot 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 so obviously that's probably quoting something yeah. he's written. i don't know what that is and then the 21st of february 2018 piers displaying such little understanding of emigration and citizenship it's almost as if he's a brainless give a racist and arsenal shirt blowhard buffoon which i'm pretty sure is that donald trump interview he did where he gave donald trump an Arsenal shirt. So on the back of those three tweets, Piers Morgan decided not to come on the podcast. Now that's yeah, and if I've ob- known about those tweets, I probably wouldn't have asked him. Yeah. So, um, no, no, that's that's fair enough yeah. that he didn't want to come on. Um, and I'll be honest, the only reason I wanted him to come on was to give us a bit of a listener boost um, because I don't like the guy. And as I said to you in response to your message, um, I think he's a twat and I really dislike him. And uh, I personally don't think he should even be on telly anymore. Um, and I would have challenged him on some of his slightly offensive views had he come on the podcast. But obviously, I can't then blame him for not coming on. But I do think, Lindsay, there's a certain level of hypocrisy here, given we're, given, we're talking about a man who endlessly trolls people on social media. 
getting his knickers in a twist about being trolled on social media. Um, I feel like you should be flattered that he, he remembers you specifically because he must have thousands of people calling he sees him that. everything and remembers everything. Exactly. So, you know, I feel like you should, you should be quite proud. But do you not think it's weird as well that he kept those tweets? I mean, they're from 2018. Yes, that's really weird. That's really weird. But I think that's just in keeping. I don't think it's too hard to do a quick search of someone's Do you reckon that's what he's done? Yeah. Because actually, I haven't... I haven't put his handle in the tweet, so he's obviously searched his name. He, d- he does oh. search his name, yeah. Because yeah, he, he will sometimes reply to people who are just talking about him without atting him. But you don't think he... Um, you don't think he kept those tweets? He's had them sort of locked away, ready I to unleash them? I honestly could not say, but I know there are ways of um, searching your own tweets or searching certain things on Twitter. Okay. So well, I, would imagine, I don't think he's got a vault called Sachin Yukani and shooting <laughs> tweets about That's what I was imagining. Well, <laughs> like, you slid into his DMs and he was like, Lindsay, ah, Sachin, yes. <laughs> Goes I into remember his database. 2018, he called me a tool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and he pulled them out. But the thing is, I'd, I'd want to know, I'm curious as well. So obviously he's been uh, dishing it out to Meghan Markle over the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, so if, if Good Morning Britain approached Meghan Markle for an interview and she said, I would have come on, but Piers Morgan said loads of horrible stuff about me on Twitter, so I'm not coming on. How do you genuinely think he would have reacted to that? Would he not have called her a snowflake and pathetic and a coward? Yeah. Yeah, but you can't compare that to him not coming on this podcast because he gets absolutely nothing out of coming on here. It would simply the only reason he would be doing it would be to be doing me a favour. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't want to do you a favour as well, so <laughs> so yeah. it's a no. Okay, well that's fair enough. Laura, if I'm not mistaken, you've got an interesting Piers Morgan related story. I do, yes. Not as direct um, as that. Not as direct, and I think in in contrast to your story, we were sort of on the same side, Piers and I. Yeah, so maybe were. if he Googles my name, he'll remember. Um, but this was 2016, um, and Zayn Malik of One Direction had released a song, and there were lots of reports in the media about him being a bit of a diva, so not turning up to interviews, like bit of a ridiculous rider that kind of thing and so Piers had written his uh, Daily Mail article saying you know he didn't like the song and that Zayn was being a, a diva and I in my naivety uh, retweeted it and said um, I actually really agree with Piers here I think he's being a diva and I really hate the song send a tweet put my phone down go about my life live my life happy days come back a few hours later I think I was at work pick up my phone, my phone is boiling hot, which is weird already, go on Twitter and I've got 500 plus notifications because Piers has retweeted my tweet because obviously I agreed with him and he does that all the time. Um, And that had incurred the wrath of the One Direction following uh, on Twitter who then obviously piled... um, onto me uh, and I'll read some of the um, some of the feedback that I got from this this tweet um, so this one was a uh, who uh, who the hell asked this ugly ass soccer mum girl go take care of your kid specific but I'm here for it <laughs> wow um, the radio station are the ones who cancelled on him you buck toothed dusty ass bitch bloody hell dusty ass bitch yeah and then the final one um, girl the radio station cancelled on him bitch get your facts right before opening your ugly ass mouth so girl. Just, girl so just a sample yeah. um of, of the feedback are brutal, aren't they? are they called directioners yeah directions but that, that but that was like uh people who hate piers morgan and people who like one yeah. direction all in one so thing. i mean it got me a huge boost in followers so. <laughs> That's the thanks guys um but yes. all american as well we can tell like yeah. soccer mom dusty ass and bitch. all their like handles are like zane lover or like you know i heart yeah. 1d i'm like okay fine but it was yeah. scary for about 30 seconds so wow. thanks piers for retweeting that and getting everyone to pile <laughs> onto me there you I, go 
I tell you what, I'm loath to make Piers Morgan give him so much attention on this podcast, but he's had a fair amount already. But fair play. No, I thought, I thought it was worth... It's all right, he won't listen to this. Well, he may do. He's, he's obviously... He's, he's searching uh, his he's name. He's searching his name <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah. There's some sort of podcast search feed. He might use that to see... That is, everything. if you put that in, in your little synopsis. Oh, that Piers really? Morgan, you can search by topic, yeah. So. Oh, so you can see if you've been discussed on the podcast. Correct, yeah. Shit, I'm definitely putting in a synopsis <laughs> just to wind him up. Hello, Piers. Um, brilliant. Actually, I, I can empathise with that because I got um, death threats from Katy Perry fans a few <gasps> weeks ago. Yeah, I got a few of those. It's not death threats, but they started on me. Yeah. Was that based on that gift thing? Yes. Yeah. So to explain, I don't know if you got involved in this, there was this, um, this gift that uh, someone, you know, when people do those kind of challenges on Twitter, they're like, um, you know, find out what the number one song was on your birthday and then uh, imagine it was sung by... Oh, no, imagine... Yeah, and then find out it was number one on your 21st no, birthday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, yeah. One, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and then, yeah, imagine... Yeah, so what the number one song on your birthday and the artist who was number one on your 21st birthday and imagine them doing that song, what would the song be? And so it would be like, you know, Madonna doing Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. I've just obviously yeah. just made that up. Yeah, anyway, yeah. this one, yeah, it was quite clever. So it was like a sort of high-flashing gif of loads of artists just going around in a massive loop. It was actually, if you had sort of um, epilepsy, it would have caused major problems. I mean, it was really mental. Even I struggled to, like, look at it, but I was kind of drawn in. So um, it was just loads of art, and, and the sort of the challenge was hit stop twice, pause oh, on the gif twice, yeah. and the two people that come up, uh, they would have to do a duet. I think yeah, that's they it. collaborate, and it goes... No, it, 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 the tweet said, your life depends on these two artists collaborating, going to number one. That's it. So if they don't go to number one, you die. That's it. So I was doing it. Now, I've got to be honest, most of the artists, I had to pause several times because most of the artists I didn't recognise. You'd recognise them, <laughs> Laura, being young and hip, but me being old and not hip, I didn't recognise them. But the two I recognised that, I, you know, once I clicked and I recognised, I, I stopped, were Celine Dion and Katy Perry. So I quote tweeted it saying, Celine Dion and Katy Perry. And then I said something like, on second thoughts, I'd rather die. And live or something left it alone like like similar yeah. to you didn't think much of it went away came back katie perry fans had absolutely lost their shit i think she has one of the highest followings of any sort of celebrity on twitter for, yeah. for reasons that i'm not entirely sure about yeah. so i'm not surprised that everyone was like right yeah this not guy again yeah not as bad as abuse you got but there was uh, there was people up telling me to go die uh They're go fuck myself kids though, aren't they? because yeah. i replied to your tweet saying oh look i got lana del rey and sean mendes and i said something like that would totally go to number one over katie perry haha <laughs> the katie perry people were like la, 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 how dare you like, so katie perry fans are like piers are like piers morgan they're obviously mm. searching for katie perry on twitter and any it's, really it's really sad yeah Brilliant. Well, Laura, let's talk about you a bit more. So, um, Revisiting is the podcast, but it started off as Berkhamstead Revisited. Six series of that, based on your teenage diaries growing up in Berkhamstead, which I did a little uh, Google search on, Google that website we were just talking about. <laughs> I believe it's a historic market town in Hertfordshire. Now, is this true? Population 16,243? No, it's bigger than that now. I was going to say that. Is that from the Wikipedia that's page? That's Wikipedia yeah, page, it's yeah. much bigger than that that's now. That's extraordinary, yeah. Small town one or something maybe yeah and yeah. according to TripAdvisor its top attractions include Ashridge Estate the Pottery Project um, and a somewhat vague Upstairs Gallery have you been to any of these? <laughs> never heard of any <laughs> huh? I've got an American one <laughs> have I got the wrong birthday? no that's right the Ash- Ashridge is like a lovely forest uh, yeah but so you go and like you know you go to yeah. nice walk in Ashridge but yeah that sounds about right that sounds yeah. like it's from the Wikipedia page nice. so while I was stressed out um, trying to sort out the equipment you were talking to Lindsay about how the podcast got started you're doing it with Laura Gallup mm-hmm. who's um 
your friend sort friend of friend slash yes um, co-host. Um, <laughs> no, it's fantastic. I've listened to it. It's really, really good. Do you just want to talk about how it got started and how? I mean, it's, it seems quite an obvious jump onto revisiting, which is obviously it feels like since correct me if I'm wrong, the diaries came to an end. So you decided to broaden it out and do sort of nostalgia in general. Yeah, so um, I think it started purely uh, by accident. Um, yeah. So I've had these teenage, I've had these teenage diaries um, right by my bed. I've always kept them close to me because I'm worried about losing them. So I wrote a diary between the ages of 13 and about 20. I think that's when I started, um, stopped writing. Um, and I sent a tweet out, as you do, um, saying... I think I might make a podcast out of my teenage diaries um, with no actual intention of doing it. I would have no idea mm-hmm. how to even start. Um, and it was picked up by uh, Luke Moore, who yeah. is a presenter on the Football Ramble. Uh, and he messaged me saying, that sounds like a great idea. And I thought, uh, uh, what? Like, I was, I was sort of joking. Um, and then from then on, he sort of asked me to send a couple of clips of me reading my diary to him just so he could hear what it sounded like. Um, then we had a meeting we sort of refined the idea and that's where I met Laura who's the co-host on it um, who'd been working for the podcast company and they said you guys might have some chemistry you know you've had similar but different enough upbringings for it to be interesting Um, and at that stage I had to hand over my teenage diaries to these four strangers um, for them to read so they effectively read through my innermost thoughts to kind of just just understand like what's actually in a teenage diary because a lot of it is so boring. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's just, it's not interesting. But if there was enough stuff that was relatable that people would find funny. Um, so we have, I have at home photocopies of all my diaries in these like massive wedge um, A4 booklets. Um, and we've sort of gone from there really. So as you said, the kind of first six series were me going through my diary, picking out interesting um, uh, passages in it and then where the diaries ended we've kind of extended it to a more general nostalgia podcast so looking at um, topics things that we experience talking to people who were prevalent during the noughties that kind of thing yeah. uh, and that's where we are in season eight the way you describe your diaries they sound like you're very protective of them growing up so do they have a do they have a kind of stronger emotional connection than just wanting to log your life it feels like you were they were more important to you than just I think most, if, if, if I was to keep a diary, I, I mean, I never did. It would be so I could kind of look back. It, it, they would be more important to me later, mm. but it feels like the way you were talking about it, they were important to you at the time as well. Oh, hugely. Um, I think as a, as a child, I was quite shy and I yeah. had a lot of difficulty expressing myself outwardly. Yeah. So when I read these out to people, they're like, God, you're such, an, such a precocious, overthinking <laughs> child. But I was just like, That's, that, that was my internal monologue. So it really helps me at the time just get out Yes. what I was feeling which makes for amusing reading now because I can't believe how much thinking I did as a child yeah. like why were you not just enjoying yourself and just yeah. enjoying life like like a child should um but even yeah when I started writing it like most people start writing a diary because they're like oh yeah as you said I want to be able to look back on exactly, things yeah, um yeah. but that was never me it was more like I need to be able to log how I'm feeling because I'm I'm so angsty I'm so teenagery like I need, oh, to, right. I need to understand things as I go yeah. um well, you're yeah. going to be kind enough. You're going to read from them in a bit, mm-hmm. which is great. And as an added bonus, Lindsay, you, I didn't realise this. You kept a teenage diary as well. I did. Um, I've actually, I still have an online diary oh, yeah. that's private, but I keep it digitally. Um, when I was about 15, um, I went on boards.com because I was bored. <laughs> found a website called opendiary.com and wrote on it every day throughout my whole of my teenage years. 
Oh and my God. some of my best friends in the whole world I've met through that website. I've been to at least three weddings through that website. I've got probably about 10 people on my invite list for my own wedding Thank that you. I've met through that website. Like It's become a huge, huge part of my life. Um, and it's funny because when I, when I was mummy to teens, 14, 15, I did actually keep a paper diary. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, my mum read it and found out I lost my virginity <gasps> and shit went down so um, that made me rethink um, writing in paper and I went on digital it's okay I don't think my mum listens <laughs> the website that you write on do people read your diaries or do, do you read yeah, so each other's so the way other's? it works is um, it used to be open diary they got shut down but I think it's reopened but um, a lot of us migrated to another website and it's there's different settings so you can choose who can read you and I don't update so much these days because now I'm like old and ugly enough to know that writing certain things online can have repercussions um I don't know I still love reading other people and these are people I've like read for years and years and years like I've seen their kids grow up and that's amazing I'm just like my mind is a bit blown (laughs) by this honestly it's like a whole new it's such a big big part of my life um and yeah I mean it's a community that I just I can't imagine honestly like I think I owe my career to it as well because I started working in TV at ITV uh, because someone on this website alerted me to a job that was available there when she knew I was looking in London and I went for the job and got it so yeah (laughs) but because you're sharing these diary extracts and are you do had you or are you sort of slightly holding back what you might say as in they're not oh as God, yeah when i first started writing be. i wrote explicitly about my sex life every tiny little thought that went through my head you know it was like teenage mm. um be mortified if anyone read it now like I've, I've, it's all clamped down privatized mm. and you know no one could tag into it now no one tried please um now it's very if i write anything in my online diary now even though i know there's only a certain select group of people can read it I'm still very careful about what I write just because it's like as you become an adult you you choose what you share with your friends and what you don't and you're just more aware of things aren't you so yeah I'm not quite as open as I used to be but honestly when I read back some of the stuff I wrote when well I've got some well, a piece s- of paper in front of me yeah. Ooh, well, I was gonna say the second half we'll bits. we'll have we'll do it we'll have a reading session Laura and Lindsay <laughs> yeah. reading from their diaries I don't know if you did say this I apologize if you did but the way Laura said it, I thought it was fascinating about why you started reading it, because you, you kind of allowed you to kind of express yourself, um, sort of break through your shyness in a way. What was your initial reason for wanting to start a diary? Uh, the initial one, literally boredom. Yeah. And then it was like a sort of therapy for me. Um, and a group of friends at my school were doing it as well. So we found it really fun to write about our days while we were sitting next to each other during our three periods at school. <laughs> and then read each other's diaries and comment on them but slowly all my friends sort of left the website and grew bored of it but I just carried on and on and on and on and then I started meeting up for drinks with people who I'd met through the website who lived within a few miles radius and as I said some of them have gone on to be some of my closest friends in the world so that's amazing like what do you write on it like is it a kind of daily this is what I've been doing or is it more kind of this is what I'm going through that kind of it used to be the day-to-day kind of you know boring stuff but now i only really put kind of big life updates like hey i got engaged hey we bought a house or if something's playing on my mind that i know i can trust 
the people who read it to you know I, I, I can I could literally write anything I do trust these people but it's just a case of how much do I want to share mm. myself um, I'm trying to think the last thing I wrote it wasn't that long ago actually and I think I was just writing about how yeah you know how Christmas was and the fact I've just been skiing and just how work's going I'm really really careful I'll never use real names of anyone just in case someone was to have what have you called it. me in this diary have I been mentioned yet in the diary just, yeah, yeah you have um, but not in a I wouldn't write personally about you in that it's just I'm doing a podcast with someone called Sachin but actually <laughs> that's true that is actually yeah, true yeah that is true you're slightly gutted yeah, I was hoping slightly I gutted I have used your real name actually I have used your real that's name that's fair enough but that's only because most people who read my diary follow me on social media I was going to say it'd be weird if you and said actually, doing a, a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are from Prosebox oh. like Daily and Joe a couple of people I can think of who have mm. given me feedback on it so well, it'd be weird if you used a pseudonym and then if we just linked to the podcast on social media <laughs> had my actual name well, that'd be really weird okay. yeah. but when it comes to my yeah. job I'm very careful like I won't yeah. ever it's silly because everyone knows I work for the Jeremy yeah. Wine show. It's just interesting to listen to both speak. Do you sort of get a sense that because of social media and people pouring their thoughts on, well, Twitter specifically, that kind of diary writing is will die a death because people just kind of express themselves on, online now? Or do you think people... Do you get a sense? Have you got an anecdotal evidence of people still keeping diaries in the way you did? Um, no, we have lots of people who said, I've had a teenage diary, so I've got this like book in my attic somewhere. Um, I think... The, the generations that are growing up with Facebook and with Instagram, that, that is their diary. Exactly. That's what um, I mean. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, one of the series that we did was effectively using all our Facebook and emails and WhatsApps from years gone by as your sort of digital yeah, diary. Yeah. So I think the the need to keep track of what what you're doing is, is definitely lessening because you've got loads of, I've got li- I know exactly what I was doing on this day exactly, last year because yeah, I've got yeah. Facebook. I think... I still think there is a, a genuine human need to track how you were feeling, though, because that's not something that comes through on social media. Yeah, like, you yeah. have no idea in that picture of you on a beach that you were actually really yeah. anxious, really unhappy. So I imagine there are still lots of people yeah. who keep a diary just for that kind of mental health aspect of it. I think therapists um, recommend, well, they tell their clients. Mm. What, do you call, what, what do therapists have? Clients? That sounds really impersonal. Patients. Patients? Pa- <laughs> no. Yeah, it's patients. Yeah, patients. Yeah. Well, they tell people to write about their feelings, don't they? Yeah. From what I hear, anyway. I'd say one form of online diary, might sound a bit odd, is direct message threads. Mm. So sometimes when I'm bored at work and I've just got my screen in front of me and it's just a lull, I will go through, I'll like scroll down my direct messages and like if you keep going, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot you. You might have stopped following someone or not mess- communicate with someone for ages and then you'll go, just click on it and you'll see like just a thread you had of conversations mm, in like yeah. 2016. I had, um, I had an email today from uh, my sort of old school um, coordinator. So it's my 10 year reunion later this year at my school. And so she said, can you let everyone in your year know that it's going to be this date? So I did exactly that. I started messaging people and it was amazing the amount of like scrolling I could do back to like 2009, 2008 in our direct messages of just nonsense of school. And then yeah. me, you know, in 2020 going, oh, hi, oh, hi, Alistair. Um, <laughs> just to let you know, our 10 year reunion's coming up and our last message is like 2009. Yeah. Like, oh, let's go to Oshana Watford. Um, <laughs> okay, how, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you're on series two now, Revisiting, which is the broader uh, podcast in terms of nostalgia. One thing I find interesting about you look you and Laura looking back is I almost worry for you in a sense that you're gonna sort of 
the weather's going to get dry very quickly. Someone just banged the door very hard at the back then. I just wonder, it's, it's interesting that you're in your late 20s and you're reminiscing about the past when the past was like, for me, like when you're talking about the noughties, it was like five minutes ago. Um, but do you feel you've kind of lived enough? Do you feel that sort of sense of style? Do you already feel like you've lived enough to be sort of looking back over your life? I hope so. Um, yeah. I think whenever we talk about nostalgia, um, yeah. we... As I should say, you feel like also, because you're, sorry, I interrupted you, but you ended the decade special, I thought it was really good. And I mm. thought what was interesting about that, so much has changed over the last 10 years as well. And maybe there is a sense of answering a question for you that an incredible amount has happened just in the last mm. 10 years. And, and I think in that, in that specific episode where we looked back over the decade, the number of times I was doing research and I could not believe that yeah. that was in this decade. Exactly, I'm like, yeah. that is, that cannot, that was 20 years ago. And yeah, when I think yeah. about, you know, 2000, I'm like, oh, that was, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I think we try and think of nostalgia as, you know, you can be nostalgic about anything. Um, you can be nostalgic about something that happened last week. So to try and make it less about um, the naughty specifically, we try and just kind of come at it from that approach in that, lots of people would have would like to reminisce on their teenage years be that growing up in the 70s 80s 90s and we do yeah. get lots of emails that always start with the same thing which is um hi laura's um i'm a lot older than you so probably not your typical listener and i'm like you have no idea what our typical listener yeah. is like it, you know it, it's not loads of teenagers it's it's in that kind of 25 to 40 range yeah. of people finding nostalgia a decent kind of escapism um yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah we've we've not lived you know we i can't say i've lived for you know back in the day but it does it does feel like that yeah, because yeah. so much has changed and the rate of change in society means that you can be just really nostalgic yeah. about things because it's it's you know it's going to change i mean i'm a nostalgia junkie i'm forever looking back <laughs> so i find any look backs really interesting mm. but i mean i feel i've like lived a long life but then someone who's like in their 50s will go what the hell are you talking about yeah you've barely lived at all <laughs> um but no i do look back a lot i think i mean we've talked about midlife crisis and stuff on here where I think it kind of can get quite draining in a way, but obviously you're sort of celebrating. We are celebrating looking it. Looking back on your life as it well. It does. Every now and then I, I have a little check and I'm like, is this actually drawing some emotions and things that I don't, re- that I really don't want to revisit yeah, to, yeah. to use the word where I'm like, I'd buried that emotion for a reason. I don't want to talk about it again. Yeah. Um, the majority of things I find therapeutic to kind yeah. of bring up and evaluate, but sometimes I'm like, eh, I don't really want to talk about that again. That's, that's in the past. So one, one, sorry, one other thing I just found really interesting listening to the decade, uh, end of decade special was your sort of take on technology. Because again, my, my sense would be that people who grew up when you did are just completely all embracing technology. It is just their life. I remember you, Lindsay, made a really interesting point once where you said the generation sort of after us, for people in their 20s, are probably totally comfortable with, with technology in the way that it still freaks us out a little bit because we remember when there were no phones and there was no internet. Put an iPad in my iPad. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And so kids now are just like, yeah, whatever. But you made, I mean, I've actually wrote it down because I thought it was a really powerful <laughs> line. You actually said my life would be better if Instagram didn't exist. Oh, yeah, I absolutely yeah. stand by that. And that's int- I just think that's interesting because you've, you've, that's kind of just part of your life. You probably went to school, you probably had computers and stuff and yeah, probably I, had a phone I think for I was, quite a young yeah, age. Yeah, I think I was probably that tipping point between we didn't have internet on our phones until we were probably yeah. 18, 19. So you're not at that kind of Instagram scrolly, scrolly stage, but we were definitely at the kind of introduction of that being yeah. normalised. So yeah, I absolutely stand by that. And I honestly feel quite sorry for the generation that have grown up with it because I think for all the good things that it brings and I have this discussion with lots of people my age that the, the, the like painful comparison that you constantly do to mm. yourself and to other people on social media, you, you know, you didn't have that. You had, you know, maybe plenty of fish or whatever. And, and Hot or not. Yeah, or friends reunited. And then you could kind of um, 
you know, see what everyone else is up to. Now you get like a daily feed of everyone else's yeah. life, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. So do you think because you were, you're old enough just to remember that transition, that's why you're thinking is that? Because I... It's, a, it's an ongoing daily battle almost where I'm like, I absolutely hate Twitter, but I can't stay off mm. it. But then I just think everyone who's younger is like, well, what are you talking about? No, it's just our life. It's just like breathing and walking outside and putting my shoes on. But are you, do you think you're just old enough to go, actually, there is a world where we don't have to be on social media? Yeah, I think so. And that's what makes it so painful because yeah, yeah. I'm like, the, the grass was so much greener back exactly. then when like, yeah. we weren't all horrible to each other on Twitter. And I, like, obviously for your job, you, you kind of need to be on Twitter because so much of it, like yeah. journalism is like people people feel the need to also respond to you mm. which i think was not the case when we were younger it was like someone puts out an article and that is it yeah we yeah. don't need to then comment below not it that we think worded email exactly yeah not, not being like you're a dickhead and you're wrong we nearly got through this red wine shall we take a break and then get another bottle in and then yeah, we can do some sure diary reading hasn't... yeah well i'm looking at the screen and i'm starting to calm down now because it does seem to be recording i can hear both of you through my headphones it's warmer in this beer garden as well um i might even, t- might even take the coat off as well the, the heat is Ooh. working really well and bar those two blokes who just came in now banging through the door with their bicycles it's been pretty pleasant i think mm-hmm. we haven't got the sort of background noise that we often like every lens no. it's a bit quiet here but it's quite nice. It's quite pleasant. Mm-hmm. It's good. Should we have a break? Get some more wine? Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm back from the bar. Um, annoyingly, that big table we record on is now free. Um, so we could have maybe used... I don't know when, when they left. They maybe, I bet annoyingly they left like five minutes after we started recording. I'm quite comfortable out here yeah, now. It is quite yeah. nice, yeah. Um, nobody else has come out, which is no surprise because it is late January and freezing. <laughs> but actually, with the heaters on, it's quite a nice. It's quite nice. Work, actually, my face is quite warm. Toasty but it might be wine. really toasty. Could yeah. be getting a sunburn right now. Absolutely. And yeah, we're back on the back on the red one. I don't know if we said we we're on the red one, but we are on the red one. It's very nice. It's the house red. How do you pronounce that, Lindsay? Bajivita sabiziti. I don't know. Spot on. Do you have a go at that, Laura? It's quite mouthful, isn't it? Bergerie de la Bastide. That's much better. Right. Did French at uni? Don't worry. Brilliant. Now, this is quite exciting. So, uh, famous diary person, Laura Kirk, <laughs> most famous diary keeper in England, is going to read extracts from her diary. Just to go back again, so what time period were you keeping this diary? What were the ages, years to years? So, the one that I've got in front of me on this, uh, on this table um, was uh, sort of the 2005... Oh my God, that's your actual diary. Yeah, I brought it with me. Yeah. This is wow. um, actual yeah, diary. Yeah, so this is one of uh, five. Wow. So this is um, from, yeah, so 2005 to kind of mid-2006. So you were... S- uh, 13, 14. 13, 14. Yeah. Oh, so you were born in 92. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I bought my actual diary um, with me and I've been clutching it all the way on the central line uh, just in case I didn't lose it. Um, so I'm going to read you two extracts, um, both from, I think, 2005. Quite different in their approach. Um, the first one I have picked especially for you, oh, Sash. Wow. Um, especially for you. And I think you m- the date might be a giveaway, but we'll see. Can I say, is it the 25th of March, 2005? It's the 25th of May. May, sorry, May 2005. It is the 25th of May 2005. Oh, wow. Um, do I know what this date is? Well, do, you do you mention no, why that's a big date? I'm about diary? to, wow. yeah. Well, I'll leave um, it. Just before you get going, can I ask, so you, was this a daily diary? Were you keeping it every single yeah, day? Yeah, daily. So, oh, God, that's I mean, incredible. If, if, if I show you physically. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
I mean, this one, this I've, I've bought this one with me because this is the most um, cringe diary and also had the biggest change what, in it. There's a picture in there. What's the picture of? We'll come into the picture in a minute. Oh, um, but I, I started off with like a sort of slanty handwriting. Yeah. And then when I started year nine, I was like, do you know what? We need some new handwriting. Yeah. Right, I'm going to rebrand. And you changed your handwriting. Mm, yeah. So and that's, in, that's in pencil, is it? This is pencil. Yeah. yeah this is pencil. And Old then school. graduated to pen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Very so handwriting Very, well. very grown up um, yeah. after then. Wow. Um, I'm excited about this. So 25th of May 2005, huge day in my life. Huge day in your life. Let's do it. Come on, Laura. What what were you doing on 25th of May? So I've got a lot of nonsense about school. Um, So I've said then I had a lovely science exam. It was pretty easy. Um, But I think I've done quite badly. Um, In the afternoon, we had a triple games lesson in which we did house rounders. So we had houses and we competed. Um, My house won. Oh, oh, yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, came home. And I really want to watch the Champions League final between AC Milan and Liverpool, but it's too late and I need to go to bed. Wow. <laughs> Amazing match. AC Milan were 3-0 up they at, were. at, with like a at sign. Oh, wow. Um, obviously five. didn't have time to write A-T uh, at halftime. Uh, but by the end of the match, it was 3-3. Um, it's 3-3 right now. They're in extra time. And I think it looks like it's going to penalties. Anyway, good night. So you didn't stay up for penalties? No. So I went to bed on what is essentially the most, you know, incredible yeah. uh, result of football. Uh, and I've, I've never mentioned it again. So I obviously woke up the next morning, never thinking of it. That was it. So that was your bedtime? Then. That was my was bedtime. Time. Yeah, pretty much. And I think, I think from, from memory, I could hear my brother and my dad screaming downstairs. But Are I'm, they Arsenal fans? Because you're a big Arsenal fan. I'm a big Arsenal fan. Yeah. They're Arsenal fans. But I think this was at the time when they, they wanted Liverpool to oh, win wow. just because it was, you know, it was an incredible yeah. uh, match. But I think I was saying to Lindsay before, a lot of what's funny about this diary is that there are pages and pages of like stewing over tiny insignificant <laughs> things like boys and then like a one-liner of like, um, oh, uh, by the way, Michael Jackson got picked today. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what are you kidding it shows um, you the priorities exactly you, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you're, you're thinking about yeah. so other things quickly explain Lindsay May 25th of May 2005 Liverpool played AC Milan in the Champions League final we should anyone who's coming to this podcast cult should know I'm obviously massively into football Lindsay um, apart from dating a QPR fan a few years ago has no interest in you're football you're terrified so, yeah. you're going to test me on my football knowledge no don't worry I'm not going to test you it's 25th of May 2005 Liverpool played AC Milan in the Champions League final Champions League final is like the biggest game in European well it is the biggest game in European football game. yeah um and Liverpool played AC Milan, who are like a really good team from Italy. We were 3-0 down at half-time. Uh, we were dead and buried. If anything, we were going to lose like 6 or 7. We were, we were getting battered. And we came back 3-3 in normal time. And then we won on penalties. And I was in Istanbul. I was 24. I went to the game. So when you were asleep in yeah. Berkhamstead, I was uh, jumping up and down in, with joy in, uh, in Istanbul, in Turkey. Yeah, amazing night. So I've got loads of examples of that in my diary where I've like a really, you know, massive historic thing. Like when in 2005 we won the Olympics, I've written pages and pages about trying to talk to this boy at Sports Day. <laughs> and then I've written at the end, oh, and by the way, London will host the Olympics in 2012. Like, are you're you joking me? You'd be an amazing news editor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, been that off. That's yeah, not important. That's yeah. not important. Let's go current affairs. Um, Laura, you seem to have buried Kobe Bryant down right at the end of the... Not important. Um, bulletin, yeah. The picture that I just showed you... Um, which uh, I'm going to hold up to you now right. uh, yeah. is Freddie Flintoff. You did it. You've I got a big crush. Yeah. Mm. I've seen this on Twitter. You've got a big wow, crush really on Freddie, haven't you? Yeah. More than a crush. So really? the reason I bought this specific diary with me is because this marks the start of a fairly life-changing obsession with this person. Um, oh, go on. And I've read it. I've read a couple of passages 
out on the podcast. But this, the one I'm going to read you is one that I selected and then decided was too embarrassing to to read. Um, but yes, yeah, so this was 2005. Um, England had won the Ashes in a very exciting, dramatic series. Yeah, one of the great series of all time, in fact. Just amazing. Yeah. Um, Freddie was the hero. Um, and I just became totally, totally obsessed with him. But not in a kind of like, oh, I really fancy him way. But I just, I thought he was like my God, like a kind of God figure. And that if I prayed to him, it would bring him good luck. Wow. Um, so this one uh, is the uh, 16th of November, 2005. So the Ashes finished in September. I think they're now on tour somewhere. Uh, and I say, I'm sorry, I didn't pray for your victory. <laughs> England lost to Pakistan earlier and I can't help but feel just a tad guilty. It's all your fault. It's my fault. I was just thinking of me, me, my life and me. <laughs> and I didn't pray or think of you. And I'm sorry, Freddie. I promised to help you in the second test. Bloody hell. And then I go on. You helped me, but not only in the cold, but for the winter ahead. Okay, I was reading this like, what are yeah. you talking about? Profound, if really not a bit creepy. Weird. Yeah. I was so, so cold today during PE, and everyone was complaining desperately. But I just thought of you putting your arms around me to keep me warm, and I was okay. Please continue to do so, and I will pray for you. Good night, my special one. Are you flushing a bit? <laughs> That's a bit nuts, that is. That's, That's nuts. No, that makes you think of me. That is nuts. Age. And there are pages and pages like this of praying to Freddie, making sure that he's doing well at cricket. Were you writing that slightly tongue-in-cheek because you're, I mean, you're no. you're not no. eight. Not you're, at all. No. Really? And that, that's, one, that's one thing that that's I... That's how teenage girls work. That is, you yes. look forward to with your daughter. That is why oh, I find you? it embarrassing because I'm like, you're not eight. You're not a yeah. child. You're You're a teenager with like you know, thoughts and the yeah. ability to not write like this. Well, my, my daughter might have that with Sam Curran or oh my Ollie Pope. Someone significantly <laughs> yeah, like less. Butler. Butler. Just amazing. Um, but this went on for years and years and years. Really? But that is one of my favourite. When I read that the first time, I was like, I can't read this out again. It's well, so cringe. What's but. interesting is on one of our shows, we talked about not wanting to meet, um, I had a horrible experience meeting one of my childhood heroes. Mm. And I said, I'd never want to meet Noel Gallagher obvious question would you actually want to meet Freddie Flintoff uh, so I have met him oh, oh wow um, very very briefly um, so I was uh, at work um, in Leicester Square and I was having lunch so I was sitting on a bench like in that little square area and I saw him walking wow. across Leicester Square and as I said I am quite a shy person and normally I would have been like no I can't go up to a celebrity and ask for a picture but because it was Freddie, just something, something within me like propelled me forward. And I ran up to him he and I said, I mean, I mean, my words were just like, blah, 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 blah. but he was super nice. Um, I said, I'm such a big fan. I've been a fan of you since I was about 13. I've got a massive picture of you on my wall at home, which is true. Would you mind if I like had a photo um, like you with Andrew Lloyd Webber? He was super nice. Yeah, and yeah. he took the piss a little bit. And I'm obviously with my phone shaking because I, I was just overcome with emotion. Yeah. Took a picture. I am bright red in the face during that picture. He's smiling. <laughs> he says, oh, you know, have a great day. It's nice to meet you. He walks oh. off and I just burst into tears because oh. I was so overcome with like years and years, like decades of emotion. So oh. we have some uh, oh. diary entries from Lindsay and I'm going to read this. Right. Okay. Well, read these. you don't have to read the whole thing. <laughs> no. I mean, there's four excerpts. I mean, you can edit them out, but... For the bants, I'm going to read them. Just, okay. Yeah. For okay. the bants. Right. So there are... 
There are four diary entries here. Um, and they're from a little bit earlier than when yours were written. Yeah, about 2003 a year. 2003 and four, these are written. Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to read the first one. But it's I'm got, older than you, it's got so a, I was... These are 17 years ago. You can do the math. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, I'm definitely, young. I'm definitely going to read the first one because it's got an incredible adjective. So let's go for this. So this is November the 18th, 2003, uh, title, Beginning to Date at Uni. <gasps> Dave is like a rampant boy who has just hit puberty. <laughs> He's getting way too hot and heavy when we kiss. <laughs> I don't mind the odd bit of passion, but he's just like a volcano about to explode the whole time. What's that? What, what, how do I... What noise is that? <laughs> that word is... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is it. This is the killer line. Give the guy a chastity belt. <gasps> what the fuck is going on with Dave? The thing is... No, but I know, ex- I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> just a guy getting... You know, you're making out and you, you can feel things and you're like, you need to... You need to simmer down. Yeah. Okay, you need to put a cooler and it on wasn't, it. I wasn't a virgin at this point. I'm not that young. But it's just like, mate, just calm down a bit. Was he know? getting very handsy? Yeah, and handsy. I'm, sorry, I'm not sure I want to sleep with this guy. And I never did, just to say. Okay. So wow. Well, I'm definitely going to read this one because this is my, what would have been my 23rd birthday. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, March the 14th, 2004, my 23rd <laughs> birthday. Meeting a guy from online for the first time. I like the way you said from online. From online, as in like a stranger? Yeah. Oh! Someone I met on... Yeah, um, from online, I like that. Something like oh my that. God. Oh my God I don't know, just like the from online sounds like it's like, you know... We, okay. we have a department at work called online, so that's what I thought. We yeah. like From online, the online team, no, yes? No, 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 yeah. a guy I met off the internet for the yeah. first time. I don't know, I really like the Back use of from online, as opposed from the specific websites, yeah. like just this kind of galaxy <laughs> that you landed from. Right, here we go. Oh, what a start. Yes, I did that last <laughs> night. I met a complete stranger with whom I've never seen before in real life and whom I've never spoken with except through... What's that? I mean? I am it. I mean. What's instant messaging? Instant. Yeah. What's that Instant messaging. Oh my I gosh, instant I mean. messaging. Basically, instant. it's like DMing. Yeah, DMing, I mean, let's yeah. know what you did with that extra time you saved from not typing it out properly because, yeah. you know, <laughs> oh, you must have like, ooh, there instant you go. messaging. Yeah, wow, excellent. <laughs> Wonderful shorthand. Well, fair play. Uh, now, usually I would never meet someone I'd met over the net. Another great use of phrasing <laughs> there, over the net, just like that. I was nervous. I set the poor guy, set, uh, sorry, set the guy a load of rules, including where meeting capital letters just as friends plus i'm bringing a friend <laughs> that's fine safe internet use yeah. i like it you did that with me didn't you where you yeah, planted yeah, yeah, your yeah. boyfriend i, met Sachin, I had my fiance friend around the well, corner sat here just yeah. <laughs> literally sat here yeah fair enough um, so it started well dot dot i didn't make it clear enough where i wanted us to meet so we ended up in a different pub but a cab ride later i met him tall handsome and a very very cute american accent Christ, even I'm getting turned on at this stage. Wow. The guy was really nice. Uh, there was even a little chemistry there. We were a little flirty and touchy, but that was it. Don't know if we'll meet again. Oh, when Mel and I noticed he had a bit of a wind problem. <gasps> I heard him fart twice and Mel heard it once. Pleasant, full stop. Typical male, full stop. Why is that pleasant? What? That's sarcasm. Oh, right. Sorry, I didn't pick that up. So, did, so did, pleasant. Did you tell him guy. the wrong pub to go to? Or yeah, just accidentally, <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. Oh, right. And then I remember, um, I, I was sure he was just sitting there farting. And then when me and my housemate got home, she was like, he kept on farting. I was like, I wondered if I was imagining that. But yeah, oh, wow. he was. These Dreamy. Are, these yeah. are incredible. <laughs> um, right, I'll read the last long one. I've only started getting into it. That, I mean... 
is this quite funny this one because it sounds quite serious you're happy for me to read this um, last one no it's it's really wanky that's oh, all it is well, okay. about piercings one should we do that one well, okay that's quite short okay may 27 2004 piercings my nose piercing is no more that's sad. <gasps> that's gutting oh. really isn't it? Yeah. i changed it too early thinking it would be okay and lo and behold it rejects it so now i have a red ugly mark on my nose and can't <laughs> put anything more in there what a waste of time and money i should have got my tongue done after all <laughs> That's not the right conclusion on that one. That's not the right conclusion. Did you go as like a kind of rebellious 18 year old? I like, went I'm gonna go to get my tongue pierced, yeah. chickened out and got my nose done instead. Oh. But that was my regret. I just got my tongue pierced. Oh, so you changed it too early then it closed up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And that's why. That, actually, I don't have a hole in my nose because I did take it out so early. It just closed up and that's it. I had my nose pierced for about six weeks. Right, I've just seen Give the Guy Chastity Belt again, and I can't take my eyes off. Oh, it's amazing. What a it's, it's beautiful writing. It's beautiful. This last passage is up to you. Yeah. I mean, it's just really, really wanky. Well, I'm going to read it. I thought I was so poetic and yeah. so deep. All right, I'm going to need to hear I'm it. Read it. I mean, Laura, I think you need to get some tissues on hand. Okay, I'm just I'm ready. a quick glance through the, the wording here, and it sounds like I've been camping it might be more before. epic than Manchester by the Sea and Schindler's List combined. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. Right, hang on, hang on. Pulitzer, get ready. Yeah, get ready. So Ju- July the 28th, 2000. 2004, and this is entitled Written After I'd Been Camping. Here we go. <clears throat> I had an extremely poignant moment last night as I watched the candle burn out. It was strange. I was sitting there wrapped in my big blanket in the night, listening to everyone singing and talking, and the candle just caught my eyes, and I just could not bring myself to take my eyes from it. It just burned and burned, <laughs> and my eyes burned with it. They were almost dreaming as I watched it burn. It seemed so full of life, so alive. And then slowly, I didn't take my eyes from it as it got smaller and smaller, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Seeming less and less alive. As I watched, I felt an overwhelming sadness, dot, dot, dot. At first, I thought of it as a relationship, dot, dot, dot. The flame is the passion that starts off and then it fizzles out. I think we can all relate to that, can't we, we, ladies? Yeah. No more dot, dot, dot. Very much. Okay, no more more dot, dot. No, there are no more, literally, as well. Here we go. Home straight now, Laura. Brace yourself. Then I thought of it as some friendships I've had in the past where I've had good times with people and then friendships just stagnate. But then I thought of it as life. I wanted to cry as the orange glow in the blackness got smaller and smaller and even more vulnerable looking. Every now and then there would be a slight surge as though it was fighting for life. But then it was a tiny speck where if I blinked I would miss it. And then it was gone. Dead. I don't even know what to say. I don't... Oh my god! That is Lindsay. That, that was all about a candle. That, that is unbelievable. No, it was about life. Oh, about life. Did you smoke something or <laughs> no. like? That's insane. No, no, I didn't do anything. It's like, like that. it's beautiful, but I also want to laugh at it. I know. That's. <laughs> No, no, don't laugh at me. I'll tell you what, Laura, that kicks your Freddie Flintoff obsession into the long past. Next time I look at a candle, I'm going to be like, oh, that's life and (laughs) that's my friendships and that's my relationships. Beautiful stuff. Did did anyone comment on it? When you yes, yes. But, like, um, are, are you okay, Lindsay? Do you, do you need some help? <laughs> no, but like, oh, babe, it's so profound because they're all, like, emo young people like me. Or they've just been very nice. What have happened to Dave? Uh, I dumped him and broke his heart. Are you still in touch with him? Is he still sort of stalking you on social media? No, 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 no. I, I we've, yeah, did not get right. done no. I like Dave. He, he wore, was trying. He wore eyeliner. He liked you. Oh, he, he wore did. eyeliner. Yeah. That's quite he... naughty. It's like trend. No. No. The candle, that was beautiful. That, that was truly. 
I feel quite moved. That is yeah. amazing. This, this podcast has really yeah. taken a turn. Well, thank yeah. you. I mean, Laura, you were <laughs> for me. Belts and candles. You were the queen of diary keeping for me. But oh, I'm Lindsay, sorry, I you've bowed been out. <laughs> you've been usurped by Lindsay Bowers. Lindsay. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. Me. Well done. Another clap for that. Beautiful. Brilliant. No, that right. was the stuff that I thought was all right to read out. The stuff that isn't. Wow. Well. Okay, look. It's eight o'clock because we started late because of all the technical problems. I'm sure Laura's got home to go to. <laughs> shall, shall we start wrapping up? And I think it's time for the pub quiz, the okay, first pub quiz of series quiz. two. Yeah. So Lindsay's helming this day. I have no idea what this is about. Don't know, but that's um, my diary. Here's the quiz. So, right, so I've let's decided go. to do a quiz based on nostalgia. So I've got a couple of questions for you each um, based on kind of pop trivia throughout the noughties. Okay. When I say the noughties, maybe I'm being a bit unfair because... I mean, early noughties until... I mean, a lot of it is actually in the first kind of five years. <laughs> early noughties. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, shall we just get on with yeah, it? So I've right. kind of chosen the question for Laura and one for Sachin. And, okay. Um, but okay. I'll give a tick if you get it right. And then um, let's see how you get on. Let's go. So the first one's for Laura. No pressure. So Madonna became the first act to top the UK singles chart in each of the 80s, 90s and the noughties with which song which song meant she'd been number one in all those decades was it it's multiple oh, choice oh thank god I was about to like, fall off my chair <laughs> <laughs> oh okay oh yeah I better tell you the options okay it's, is it A American Pie B Music or C Four Minutes Hang on, I need to clarify, sorry. Because Four Minutes was a naughty song that I think that came out in about 2008, 7, 8. That would have meant that she was number one in all of those decades. So I'm going to go Four Minutes. Okay, is that the final <laughs> answer? That song with Justin Timberlake. But do, do, wait, do, you, mean, do you mean that she was like... It's basically asking you what was her first... Uh, oh, first one. No, not four minutes. Okay, four minutes. First number no. one in the noughties out of those three, basically. That would have been the easier way to oh ask. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. That would have been, been easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So American, American Pie. What was the other one? Music. Oh, Jesus. It's got to be, it's got to be American Pie. Correct. Yes. Woo. Oh, thank you for clarifying on that one. Oh, Jesus. That was a bit convoluted. No, no, I get it. I get it. We've got a great song. You know, in the video, she's like walking down that highway yeah. and it's clearly yeah. a green screen. Oh, beautiful stuff. She had those sort of few years in the early noughties where she was kind of pretty cool before she then went mad again. Yeah. Didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with Madonna back then. Um, early noughties. Yeah. Was that your favourite incarnation? Yeah, she of Madonna. was one of the people that you wanted to, you know, write a memoir yes. of. Yeah. Wow, you have listened to us. Uh, Sachin. Right. Which future social media giant was launched in 2004? Was it MySpace, Twitter, uh, or Facebook? Not MySpace. That was, that was definitely before, wasn't it? I think it was... Oh, so it was Twitter or Facebook? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's Twitter. Is that your final answer? Oh, my, Laura's shaking her head. <laughs> you, do you know this for a fact? As in you, you I see, feel like I might have a hunch, but I don't want to... It wanna can't really... be MySpace. MySpace was like early noughties, maybe even at late 90s. It's either Facebook or Twitter. Because you've shaken your head, I'm going to say... I'm going to change my answer. And I'm going to say... Uh, what did I say? Twitter. Facebook. No, no. Was it Facebook or Twitter? <laughs> were there the options? I've, I've absolutely ruined you, you there. You have, you've Carry abs- on. You've, you've bamboozled me. I'm going to say Facebook. Correct. Yeah. But because Laura gave it to you. Sorry. So, yeah. you know. Um, you and a little fact here... It was available to Harvard undergraduates at first. Yeah. 
uh, picked up by 1,200 users in its first 24 hours before becoming available to other US universities and eventually the rest of the world. So the next one's for Laura. And, oh God, I feel like because I kind of might have got these off the internet, some of them are worded quite uh, <laughs> wordily. But anyway, let's just go with what I've got written on the paper. Pop stars, <coughs> excuse me, a bit of red wine went down the wrong way. <laughs> Pop stars launched in 2001 heralding a new era of music acts finding fame through tv talent can shows. i just ask a quick question have you cut and paste the wording of the questions as well that's yeah. not your natural <laughs> i mean yeah yeah voice. i have I, I mean heralding even when i was doing that i did take out some bits and pieces i mean as we know from like, your diary entries you're very lyrical in your no, well, use of words it but was that's... like the top pop, uh, the world's most famous pop star madonna and i, I was yeah. like okay, I'll take that out, okay sorry i'll take on. them more out I rudely but interrupted anyway, you carry basically who won the first ever pop stars in 2001? Was it Girls Aloud, Hearsay, or One Direction? Hearsay. Hearsay, yeah. Too easy. Yeah. Oh, I, Too even easy. I knew that, yeah. Bonus point for what was their first single? Pure and Simple. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, this is my heartland. <laughs> she gets a little tick for giving Facebook away to you. So say far, she's winning in the Right, Sachin. Yeah. What was the title of Craig David's debut solo hit, which reached number one in April 2000? Was it... Yeah, go on. Fill Me In, Seven Days, or Walking Away? Um, I think it's Fill Me In. Yeah. yeah. Nice. The seven Days Followed nice. was um, like the, the, yeah. the song that made him, but it wasn't his debut I watched song. him on New Year's Eve as well. He's still got it. Yeah, he was got- performing on... Like, whatever it is yeah. before the kind of countdown well, I, saw him gra- I saw him in Great Norton a few weeks ago and like whatever you think of him he's got a belting class. voice absolutely class. Amazing does voice, he yeah. still say his name at the start of every song no or he stopped did that. Jason Derulo take Jason that Jason Derulo Jason yeah. Derulo does that yeah. now doesn't yeah. he because yeah. uh, you know Jason Derulo's in the new Cats and I saw oh. someone tweet I'm surprised he didn't start every <laughs> cast that he had with Jason Derulo <laughs> Jason Derulo Maybe. Even though he's playing McCavity or whoever he's supposed to be, I, I don't know who he's playing. Do you I know cats? I do, but I have no idea who's, who he's playing because I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't go near it. He might, he could play McCavity, or that could be Idris Elba. I need to watch it, even though it's <laughs> supposed to be appalling. But anyway, I think I'm going to watch it and report back to this podcast yeah. because also go good. see um, the personal history of David Copperfield. Genuinely, really good. Final plug for that. Hashtag ad. Hashtag. <laughs> Give us some ads to because we are an award-winning podcast in the future. Yeah. Uh, Laura, the UK's biggest-selling single of the 2000s, 2000s, noughties, is what I mean, I think, um, was by a... Re- sorry, should I just... <laughs> Did you want to start again? Oh, Paul, so you can edit this out. <laughs> okay. By the way, I hope you're not looking at my answer sheet. No, no, I'm not. No. Okay. The UK's biggest-selling single of the noughties was by a reality show winner. But what was it? Was it Evergreen by Will Young, Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis, or All This Time by Michelle McManus? God, I'd forgotten about Michelle McManus. I love that song as well. I listen to that in my car all the time. All This Time? Yeah. Really? It's a great song. It's really good. How's it go? this time is that how it goes that's exactly how it goes wow. you, you've nailed that one okay <laughs> oh bleeding love was huge i love bleeding. what was that 2006 oh that's definitely my favorite out of the three mm. who's sorry who's bleeding love by 
Leona Lewis. Oh, I love Leona. No, that's I, a great song. Is that the video where she's up against the radio? Correct. That's, yeah, uh, she's uh, sort of in a corner. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, Bleeding Love is a tune. That was that was huge. That was massive. Yeah. My reason for going for that over Evergreen was that that was a little bit more into the kind of a little bit closer to the social media kind of sales and things. So I'm going to go Leona Lewis. Biggest selling single for 2000s. You're going with Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis. Yeah. I'm afraid the answer is evergreen. Shit. So we'll... no. Right, Sachin. Right, let's do it. I've realised this is a bit girl band orientated, sorry, or girl singers. But anyway, uh, your question is, name the girl band who bagged a Guinness World Record in the noughties for the most consecutive top ten singles in the UK by a female group. Is it Little Mix, Girls Aloud, or All Saints? Well, if it's the noughties, it's Ooh. got to be... Uh, All Saints are done and dusted by then. Little Mix are kind of, I feel like, late noughties. So it's got to be Girls Loud. Yes. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah, when you put it like that, it's Good reasoning there. Basic reasoning. logic, isn't yeah. it, Laura? It's yeah, it's dusty, just simple. Yeah. All right. So... Are we actually keeping score? We never keep yeah, scores in this quiz. I've asked you I feel like we're even, questions. don't we? Yeah. Well, you helped me with the Facebook one, Good. so that's... You know, I've, I've asked you three questions each and you've both got two out of your three so it's yeah. a draw well but Laura got bonus points for basically giving away one yeah exactly and um, I asked her what was Hearsay's first single yeah, and she, she got that so Laura Kirk you are the winner but you could redeem yourself because I put a bonus sports question oh, here, oh here we go here we go here we but go. then you're both Busman's sports, holiday so, so no. this is like yeah. the round of fire whoever shouts out the oh, okay. okay I'm thinking on buzzer <laughs> in fact I'm not going to give a multiple answer mm-hmm. and whoever shouts out the right answer okay. wins. Right. So, David Beckham left Manchester it. United for Real Madrid as part of a 25 million move in July. Tell us six. This isn't actually the question. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I was like, look, it's July 2003, but carrying on with the question. Jesus Christ. So anyway, David Beckham left, uh, Bill, uh, sorry, <laughs> David Beckham left Man U in July 2003 for Real Madrid, but how many teams in total did he play for for the course of the decade for noughties? That's a good question. That's a good question, um, Jesus. Okay. I think I know the answer. Uh, oh, the noughties specifically. So that's 2000 to, uh, 2000 to 2010. Oh, I feel like I know it, but I'm, I'm nervous now because I've just yelled out 2006. Yeah. I clearly don't know I'm anything. going to say... Yeah, I forgot noughties is only like 2010. I'm going to say four. I'm going three, Your Honour. Sachin wins. Shit! <laughs> yeah. So I can name them, I think. Go Manchester on. United, uh, Real Madrid, LA Galaxy and Paris Saint-Germain. United, Real Madrid. Oh, um, LA Galaxy, LA Milan. 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 Oh. Sorry, Milan. He, would later, he would later retire in 2013 after a stint at Paris Saint-Germain. Saint-Germain, that's the one. Jamal, I don't know how to say Fair play, fair play. I'd forgotten the Milan incident. Well, look, I'm not going to take that as a victory because you massively helped me with the face. Let's say it's a big old, lovely, loving draw. Lovely draw. It's a lovely draw. More than that, call that draw. I think we're done. It's yeah. been, after a really stressful and chaotic start, a wonderful uh, drinking session in the beer garden off the tube. My face is on fire from the red wine. Like, yeah. really my face is on fire, but my feet are like, I can't feel right. my toes. Yeah. It's nice, actually. It's only Tuesday. Yeah. God, there yeah. you go. <laughs> no, we've been drinking wine. We sat underneath a pretty 
good heat, um, pub heater. Is mm. it also name? What is that got a name? That type of heater, like just an outdoor heater, isn't it? It's done the job. Yeah, it's uh, one. Finally. And we are done. Mm. And to end this podcast, as ever, lead out music. And Laura Kirk has kindly allowed oh, us God. to use her phone. So as we always do, we are going to hit shuffle on Laura's phone. What have you got? Spotify. I've got Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. And whichever song comes up first, we will. Uh, that will be the lead out music. Um, as ever, turn the sound down so we can't hear it. And okay. also don't reveal what the song is. <laughs> Laura's back to hit shuffle. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Yes. That is a fantastic choice. I've got to say before... Um, just goes to, with nostalgia. Yeah. So Laura messaged... When I told Laura before we start recording, when I messaged her early today saying we can do the shuffle thing, she was embarrassed about the song that might come up when she hits shuffle and she's got every right to be embarrassed because it's... That's not good, but... It doesn't do your cred much use. But you know what? I think it's a brilliant choice. It is quite catchy, so enjoy. Enjoy. Laura Kirk, thank you so much. Honestly, (laughs) you've gone through a rollercoaster with us today. It's not usually this stressful. Um, We've been outside. We had tech issues. We got through it and it's been utter joy. Laura, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm cold, but I'm happy. Thank you very much, Laura. Lindsay. That's really sarcastic. <laughs> Thank you very much, Laura. <laughs> I'm just a little bit drunk. Oh, and no. I can tell Pissy's such an awkward, so I keep interrupting. <laughs> Lindsay. Thanks. I'm back. We're back. Thanks for being you. Oh, and thanks right. for your diary entries. They were amazing. Yeah. Say goodbye. Bye. Laura, say goodbye. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Watch out for the pick and keep an eye on the fence Gotta run the giving go, take the ball to the hole And don't be afraid to shoot the outside, Jay uh, Just keep your head in the game uh, Just keep your head in the game And don't be afraid to shoot the outside, Jay uh, Just keep your head in the game you Gotta get your, get your head in the game we gotta-